0: Welcome to the eCommerce Disruptors Podcast, where alongside digital marketing experts, we give you our best tips, techniques, and insights on how you can be a disruptor in your industry. Hey guys, it's Noel with eCommerce Disruptors presented by Electric Engine, where we give you ongoing tips and techniques to help disrupt your industry. Today, we actually have Morgan, our manager of search and marketing, joining us for an episode.
1: Hi everyone.
0: So on today's episode, we wanted to cover a topic that has been coming up a lot, uh, and you'll hear a lot, which is really ADA compliance. Uh, You'll hear the word. Most people know that they should have it, but they don't quite understand what it means and why it's important to have uh, on your website. So wanted to start there and, and really just dive into what it means to be ADA compliant.
1: Right, so ADA compliance are standards set in place for all types of businesses, even buildings. Everything. Uh, what we're talking about today is ADA compliance for accessible web design, and what that means is how you build and design your website to be accessible by everybody, regardless of uh, visual, uh, hearing, or cognitive mobility impairments, any any type.
0: Right, and. This is this is a big movement that actually was first introduced the ADA compliance, uh, really, which is for uh, stands for American Disability Act Uh, was introduced by the Department of Justice back in 2010, but There's still a lot of ambiguity around what type of level you actually need to have in order to ensure that you are compliant and that people can use your website.
1: Yeah, there are three levels. It's A, A, a and AAA. A, a. <laughs> and uh, basically, just the single A is the lowest level. And it's like, everybody should be doing it. it. It's very small tweaks to your website just to make it a little easier for people. And uh, a, a lot of these tactics people do naturally already just trying to optimize their seo and things like that so that might be adding alternative text for um images uh labeling form buttons just things like that it's all like best practice for coding as well so a lot of these are already set in place then there's level AA, which uh most businesses strive to be at this level it's um kind of what's relied upon in a uh, like court cases when there are legal repercussions to not having an accessible website, these guidelines just go a little further, um, including like uh, captions and audio descriptions for live video and then making sure a video that is pre-recorded has closed captions, all of that. Uh, Your page headings and labels all need to be in order so screen readers can read them uh, to users so they know the content on the page. And then uh, it just gets a little deeper with every level and so then the AAA level is really difficult, and not the common website needs to be at that level. It's kind of difficult to hit every single guideline on a website because it does start to obstruct your level of design and uh, functionality. Functionality just in general, because then it just it gets very technical. Uh, but it is recommended for like .gov websites and uh, things like that. That is important for complete and absolute accessibility by everybody in every way.
0: Right, and that that triple or that AAA, that, that level of compliance is like Morgan was saying, more reserved for, let's say, government websites. If you're a hospital, you want to make sure that anyone can use your website. That's that's absolutely vital. It's so yeah. extremely important. The yeah. interesting thing uh, about ADA compliance is there actually, there's no official regulation on what type of level of compliance you should have on your website while it is something that's that's been around since 2010 again there's a lot of ambiguity on whether or not a website is level eight level two when you should do that how you should go about it and what's been happening a lot is there are more and more lawsuits coming up uh, against different different companies for not being ADA compliant and this is resulting in in, you know losses towards these companies and that's really the reason you should really look into it. It's it's important to to make sure that your website is compliant and you're following these different rules.
1: Yeah, it's um, definitely can cost companies a lot of money if uh, they aren't compliant. And like you said, these guidelines are, they're just guidelines, like nothing's really set in stone. It's just the ADA says your site needs to be acceptable accessible. But well, what does that mean when there's so many elements on your site and so many things you can hit? Uh, it will be very costly for large companies. Companies like uh, Domino's got sued because uh, their app wasn't accessible. Um, I think Beyonce's uh, merchandise website. Something happened with there. like a lot of, even uh, Harvard's. Uh,
0: hey, Harvard, like yes.
1: you, it's crazy You you wouldn't imagine, but it is because 61 million people in the U.S. live with a disability, that's what, a quarter of the population? A lot of people. And uh, I mean, disability can mean a lot of different things. It could just be, uh, you're, uh, I, I have trouble reading uh, websites that are, um, the contrast is uh, too uh, not contrasty enough. <laughs> I always had trouble in school, like reading off the whiteboard if somebody wrote in like orange pen because it's, uh, it, it just like it all blurs together you know just things like that people need to take into regard on their websites because um, people will have trouble reading what's on it and that's
0: actually one it's a great point that's that's one of the requirements for that ada compliance is is making sure you have a 4.5 to 1 ratio uh, and that's between your text and your background so you want to make sure that the colors are, are not too close otherwise like you were saying morgan it could be difficult to read uh, so you want to make sure you have enough contrast, and, and oftentimes, certain websites will have a, an alternative color palette to to make sure that they meet that ADA compliance. For instance, Dunkin' Donuts is a great example. When you land on their website, you actually have the ability to to turn on high contrast versus low contrast, and what mm-hmm. that'll do is shift around their brand colors. Uh, for instance, their pink and their orange is on a white background versus uh, versus uh, brown, I believe, when when you do make that
1: contrast change. Yeah, even clients that we've worked with, I know we've run into their um, brand colors just not being compliant. And that doesn't have to be a problem on your website because your logo doesn't count for these guidelines. It's purely content on page. Uh, Logo types aren't uh, relevant to it because uh, like a screen reader would just read the logo anyway. Um, So it is really just like thinking of these things first when you're going into the design um and doing those alternative color palettes and all of that and it's just building your website to be accessible just the same way you'd like build your website to grow like you you can prepare it for these guidelines as long as you know what the guidelines are
0: right and that's i think you made a great point is is really this is something you should consider um you know kind of from the get-go if you are you know, designing a new website, looking to launch a new website, it's something you you want to take into account from the very get go because it's going to it can influence your color palette. It can influence certain design elements on your on your website, which is why as you move up the level of compliance, the certain rules that you have to follow can influence your website that much more. That looking for
1: Yeah, and it's not just design like getting into development, Uh, your website needs to be built to have like keyboard control functionality. And depending on the platform you're building on that might not be already native to the platform. So you need to build these things in. Uh, Every time you're creating content, you need to think of closed captions and uh, descriptions. I mean, your content should already have descriptions too, but these descriptions actually need to be valuable. Don't just write things for SEO, don't just write things for your brand voice. Like you need to write things to be functional because people are using these functions. Alt tags are not just for SEO. Like we talk about, it helps you, helps get your images in in Google image search, which it does, but it's real existence is to help people access your content.
0: Right, and one of the big things about some, some of these compliance, they actually fall in line with good SEO practices. So if you, if you are doing good SEO and you're following these practices, you you are covering your bases on, on some aspects for the ADA compliance. So, mm. you, in, you know.
1: the, in the grand scheme of things, SEO is all about the usability of your website. Cause that's what Google looks at. Google wants good quality websites. And that means you're providing good content. And that means you're providing a good experience. And if your usability is poor you, or your usability can be poor because your website's not accessible and you're not, you're not offering content for a fourth of the population. So having that is really gonna help you in search also. I I mean, the the most important thing, is the social inclusion of the matter, but doing all these things will help you in the long run.
0: Right, and I, I would say probably those SEO elements would be probably the easiest place to start if you are looking to make sure that you are compliant that's something that you can get started on rather immediately. Some of these other aspects do take a little bit more work, uh, especially, for instance, the keyboard accessibility. In development, that's something that if your website isn't set up that way, it, it could take some time to do. But the important thing to do is, is and the important thing to consider is, is we want to make sure that anyone can access your website. We want to have that that ability. We want to be inclusive. and the, The other aspect of this is, is, is making sure your website is, is, is set up for anyone really like Morgan said 61 million people uh, in the U S have some type of disability and that's, that's a huge amount of the population for, to not be able to access your website if you aren't compliant. Uh, in Mm -hmm. fact, I, I believe 92 roughly 92% of websites aren't compliant in in some type of way. So something we, you would definitely want to step up to do.
1: Yeah. You want to serve your audience. And I'm sure a good chunk of your audience does need these accessibility features, but also companies are getting sued. More and more companies are getting sued every every year. Um, I think, I don't have the number in front of me, but I, I think 2019 was like a large jump, or maybe 2018 compared to the year before. It's just, it's happening more and more because companies are growing. Uh, Everybody is uh, using their phones. Mobile is bigger than ever. And a lot of sites, maybe they are, Pretty accessible on the web, but they're not becoming responsive for mobile. And then that completely ruins that experience. And then, because uh, screen readers are a big thing, but then you also think of our Alexas and uh, our phones reading content to us. And if it can't uh, legibly, legibly isn't the right word, uh, you know, coherently read off the page to you and have it make sense, it's not going to be accessible.
0: Right. And I think you make a great point with Alexa a lot of search is voice search now. So the, the better equipped you are, uh, the better it's just gonna help you out overall. Yeah. It's, it's really going to make a, a huge difference. And you know, with the levels of compliance, again, there, there is no hard set rule, uh, but really the recommendation, if possible, is, is to be level, level AA if you can have that level of compliance. That's really, you know, kind of the standard and, and really it's gonna give you a, a rather wide reach and give you the ability to actually connect with those people.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we don't have to get into every feature in this video, but we definitely have a blog article about this that will cover all the features and a checklist to look over. But in the end, like it's all about having your website, having your content be accessible the same way for everybody because not everybody accesses your content the same way, but they need to still get the same bit out of it. Of course, uh, it might be a a level that uh, you'll have to have um, animations and like kind of like gifts and all of those fun things in your design cut out. Like they have the opportunity to turn it off because that will impair the experience. But those animations can't be your entire experience because then they're missing out on your content because they turned it off. So it's just things like your content needs to be just as effective with the non-compliant features as it is with the compliant features.
0: Right, and in a certain way, it's, it's really ensuring that the content on your website is quality content. It's...
1: It all, it, all, it all ends up being quality content. That's the name of the game, is content on my shirt. <laughs> um, here's my uh, SEO shirt uh, by Search Engine lens or Search Engine Journal. Search engine journal. So uh, keywords, definitely SEO, but uh, not so much ADA compliance. Page speed, probably. but <laughs> Your website needs to load for all these. Schema is very, very much so ADA compliant because that's explaining what the elements on your page are all about. And that's the whole point is for screen readers and things like that is people need to understand how the content is laid out. HTTPS, just do that.
0: Backlinks.
1: Very easy to do, too, yeah. <laughs> backlinks are actually interesting. Um, not backlinks, but your internal linking. Uh, that's a big one. And I think that might just be level A for compliance is uh, internal links, the hyperlink, the, the text that you are linking. It needs to describe the URL because when screen readers hop from link to link on the page, it needs to be a descriptor. So don't just say this article and highlight that. It needs to be the actual information that's getting pulled from the article. This is important for screen readers, but it's also very important for your backlinks as well, because it's getting that keyword attached to your link.
0: Right. And like Morgan said, there's there there is a whole checklist of items really to ensure that you are compliant and, and that, that's something you know that we have accessible as well within our blog and, and something that, that we'll be sharing. But it's it's important to consider even certain aspects of the way you use a website regularly actually aren't compliant. For instance, a lot of pop ups are not compliant, are not ADA compliant, which is interesting considering how often you, you know people experience that I, I know I experience it every day. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's really just kind of evaluating every aspect of your website, even those plugins that you're using. Are they ADA compliant? Do they fit with within those regulations and those rules
1: mm-hmm.
0: and adjusting when when they don't?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. So again, ADA compliance is becoming a a, a much more hot topic. Uh, People are are really, you want to ensure that your website is compliant, it's it's very important. You want to give that accessibility to everyone and provide the same type of experience, regardless of how you experience it. So that's that's huge, very important. And, And overall, that inclusivity.
1: Yeah, all about inclusivity. People need to be able to access your content, no matter how they are assessing it. That's just, that's just it. So um, at least level A. That's the easiest to do. But we always say strive for AA, uh, the AAA level. It's a lot. It's a lot to. But that's a, a long term goal. But definitely AA is uh, possible to reach for.
0: And yeah, if you are able to accomplish, you know, AAA, that that level of compliance. That's fantastic. <laughs> a, AAA um, but again, level level two, if you're able to do that, is, is really a, a good place for your website to stick and for you to be. Yeah. Awesome. So that being said, we'll actually be providing uh, the links to that checklist. We'll be providing that as a resource for anyone who is looking uh, to dive into this. Um, there, there's a lot to be covered and a lot of information, uh, a lot of things to check. But ultimately, it's going to provide the best type of experience for your website for whoever's accessing it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So guys I want to thank you for tuning in uh, for another episode of e commerce disruptors. Thanks, Morgan, for joining us. Uh, coming coming live from the electric engine office. Hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 and you know, always a pleasure to have, have you guys tune in. And please uh you know, get ready for the next episode. It'll be coming out soon. Great. Like I said. Yeah. Thanks everyone. This has been the eCommerce Disruptors podcast presented by Electric Engine. Subscribe today to stay up to date on all future episodes. Please follow us at Electric Engine on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or shoot us an email at podcast at electricengine.com. That's engine spelled E-N-J-I-N. Feel free to leave us any comments or questions about this episode and let us know what you'd want to hear on future episodes. Until next time, thanks for listening.